Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. Now, let's enjoy this week's message. How many of you have ever gotten caught up in something new? Like, my Jeff loves something shiny. Y'all love something shiny. Let him see a video or, um, you know, it's not just Jeff. It's me too. Let somebody have something. I'm like, where'd they get that? You know what I'm talking about. The new car, the car drives by, and you're like, how'd they get those wheels to light up like that? I want my wheels to light up like that. Where'd they get those shoes? I need those shoes too. I want those. Where'd that hat come from? I want that, right? Right. The latest thing that I have received that I want is this. This is a wallet, y'all. How, how does a girl go from this? Y'all know, y'all ladies of a certain age, I'm turning 53 this week. You know we got the biggest pocketbook in the world. You could stuff your child in that pocketbook if you need to. How do we go from this to this new thing called a sling something? You can't put nothing in it. It's a wallet. You know that's true, right? I had to have it. Why? Because I saw a video. And then I saw Avery in the DQ line with it on. And I thought... If he can do it, I can too. So I got it. It holds a chapstick. I hate it. I'm going to go back to the other thing. But I had to have it, y'all. You know that you have had to have it. Say, I have to have it. Well, yes. And so before I met Jeff, there was a time before Jeff, y'all. I had three children. I had two boys and a girl. And the girl and I did a lot of things together. Her name is Alex. Well, one of the things that we did, you know, I got, I got wrapped up in the things that she did, y'all. I just did. Well, one of the things was, <laughs> confession, there were these books that she was reading. She had to have them. And so she was just so engrossed in these books, y'all. And I was like, what's she reading? She was a reader. So I said, what is that book about? And so she couldn't put it down. So she would say, Mama, I'm almost to the end of this book. And when I get to the end of this book, I need the next book. And I said, what? I have to have it. And she was serious. And I was like, oh, my guys are cracking this book. What is going on? She was like, I have to have it. And I said, what is in these twilight books? And so she would read the next one. And she would say, Mama, I'm almost to the end of the next one. You got to have it. Do you know that me and all these mamas were trying to find these books? We couldn't find them anywhere. This was before you could push a button on Amazon, okay? And we couldn't find these books. Well, now the mamas, we were all trading them. And if your kid read faster than my kid, then I could get your book, and then we could, you know, it was contagious. We all were just passing these books around. Well, then I had to read it, y'all. Well, I had to find out what she was talking about. Well, then when I got to the end of the book, I would say, Alex, where's the next book? Where did you put that book? I need the book. I need the book, Alex. Where's the book? And so I was all wrapped up in these books. Let me find out that a movie's coming out. What do you mean a movie's coming out? There's a movie coming out? Yes, Mama, the movie's coming out, and it's at midnight. Well, you can't go by yourself. So why was I... Kristen Mills knows what I'm talking about. Why was I with my child in my pajamas at midnight with 94,000 other teenage women? Because we're all women, and even if we're teenagers, we're all little women, watching that movie. Why would I tell you about that? 
You'll see in just a minute. <laughs> Why would I tell you about that? The scripture for today, Acts 4, 32 through 37. All, say all, church. All the believers. This week, God showed me believers you know, we strive so hard for titles. If we're going to be a friend, we can't just be a friend. We got to be the best friend. If we're a child, you can't just be a child. I'm the first child. I'm the baby. I'm the middle child. God bless those middle children. We got to be the CFO, the CEO, the president, the pastor. If we don't have a title, we're just not good enough, are we? Listen to what this passage says. My new title that I will wear proudly is believer. Man, when you're a believer, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them. Because those who own land or houses would sell them and they would bring the money to the apostles and give it to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph. There's always a Joseph. Where's my Joseph? He's back there. There he is. The apostles nicknamed him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Man, that's a cool nickname. He was from the tribe of Levi, and he came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned, and he brought the money to the apostles. Stop right there. Isn't that why we come to church? Isn't that what we're looking for? I'm in need, y'all, and I'm coming to this church, and I want my needs to be met. But more than that, I have it, and if it's mine, it's yours. I'll give you anything I got. Isn't that what we're looking for, guys? It's called revival. Say it with me. I dare say that Compassion Danville is in one of those times of revival. The past few weeks of this church have been absolutely phenomenal. Would you not say? It has been a time of incredible, incredible awareness and awakening. You have blown up social media. You have just encourage Pastor Jeff. You have made strides that you've never made before. It has been phenomenal. And that's exactly the way it should be. And then what happens? Well, keep reading. Acts 5, 1 through 11. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife, Sapphira, they also sold some property. And he brought part of the money to the apostles. Go ahead and say that part. Claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept some money for himself. Now, ladies, let's just stop right here. When I was doing my research, I'm going to give you a little nugget here. I believe you're going to get saved. We always talk about Eve, 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 Eve. Let's talk about little Ananias. Ananias. What, didn't he just do the same thing? He did. He did. He led his wife astray, told a lie. We'll see what happens. 
The next time, ladies, somebody wants to talk about Eve, just tuck this in your little brain, Ananias. That's all I got for you. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. After selling it, the money was also yours to do with what you wanted to. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and he was dead. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, took him out, and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, and not knowing what happened, Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. What in the world with this story? It doesn't make sense. When I first look at it, I'm like, no, it doesn't belong here. This is like double jeopardy. I don't know how many of you are are into that whole thing. I'm like, no, no, no. God gave us his son. He died on the cross. My sins are forgiven. I lied. He killed me. That's not right. No way that that happened. But I did my research. I did my research. And here's what I'll tell you. There are three things that God's trying to show us. Number one, you better get yourself straight. You better get yourself straight. Ananias was head of his household. Single mama, you're the head of your household. Husband and wife, you're the head of your household. You're raising your family. You better get it right. You better get yourself together. My first instinct, just like Adam and Eve, I'm the first one to say, I can't wait to get to heaven because I'm going to punch her right in the throat and say, was that apple good, girl? I mean, was it just real good? Was it just what you thought it was going to be? Was it just real good going down? Was it juicy? Did you like it? I want to judge her so bad, knowing good and well, had I been in the garden, I'd have been like, I'm going to eat that apple. I'm going to eat it. I understand. I understand, Eve. I'm going to eat it too. My first inclination is to judge. And then when I look in the mirror, who am I to judge anybody? Last week, I was sitting in the pews just like you were, and my husband, our pastor, had the nerve to say, you know, if you're angry, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. You can't lead anybody to the Lord if you got anger. 
And I thought, I don't want to hear it. But I was on the beach just this past week, and me and Jesus had a little talk. And I was like, listen, Lord, I understand. I didn't want to hear it, but I understand. And if you know the will of the Father, if you talk to him on a daily basis, if you remember who he is, you understand that the prayer has to start with you. It cannot start with, Lord, you get them. Lord, if you'll just change them. Lord, if you'll just correct their behavior, I'll be better. The prayer life has to start with, Lord, start with me. Forgive me. Help me. And so my prayer life on the beach was, Lord, help me. And he brought it very quickly to me that I have been trying to do things all on my own. Oh, I think I'm so important. Don't you? I can't possibly start my day off by reading the word. I have to see what's going on on social media because that's what's important, right? I can't possibly prioritize Jesus because I am so busy. I'm not, and neither are you. I'm not that busy, and I'm not that important, and neither are you. We have put ourselves in the driver's seat in the bus called ministry with no GPS and no passengers, and guess what? We don't even have any gas in the darn thing. No idea where we're going and think we're so important. I was at a funeral with someone that I love very much, and his name is Tyler. And I've seen such a huge difference in Tyler. You know him too, Tyler Johnson. And I said, Tyler, I see such a difference in you. Tell me what scripture you read. Tell me what book you read. Tell me what movie. Tell me what person fed into your life that has made such a big difference in you. And he looked at me like I had three heads. What hope center did it for you, Tyler? Clearly, he didn't understand what I was saying to him because he was looking at me like I was out of my mind. And he took a step back from me and he said, it's Jesus. You see, Jackie, I had to get to the end of me. I thought I was so good. I thought I had it all together. I thought I had fooled everybody. I didn't fool anybody, and I sure didn't fool Jesus. So when I got to the end of me, he took over. But I had to get to the end of me. I had to surrender to him, and I have to do it every day. Jack, I got to wake up every day and get on my knees and bow down to the one that's really important, that really matters. That gave everything for me, and I'll never get over it. That's how I have to start every day. And a couple of times during the day, I got to remind myself, it's him. And at the end of the day, that's how I finish. And I thought, I am a loser. I forgot. What about you? Have you come to the end of you yet? 
what self-help book are you reading that you think you're going to find the answer to? How busy are you that you have forgotten the main thing? When did you get over Jesus and what he did? You are doing it on your own in the name of you, and it's wearing you out. And you can't sustain it. And you give up, and you give in. If you really want to know the truth, if you really want to know how you're doing, because we can lie to ourselves, I am doing great. I am doing great. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm doing my best. I dare you to do something that you're going to hate. I dare you to ask your family. I dare you to ask your wife. I dare you to ask your husband. I dare you to ask your children, how am I doing in leading you to the Lord? What's my example for you been lately? On a scale from one to 10, what's my example been to you in leading you not to me, not to the world, but to the Lord? And I bet they tell you, and there's your starting point, and it's going to suck. But you can live a lie, or you can start with the truth and go from there. You better get yourself straight. Number two, you better get your house in order, and you better get connected in. If you go back to the story, and I'm so relational, guys, I'll just admit it. I am so relational. When I read this story, maybe I see things that you don't, but here's what I saw. He comes in. He tells this lie. Peter gives him a gut check. The man dies right then and there. Peter doesn't even stop preaching. These young guys come in drag him off the floor and bury him, and that's it. Like, like nobody rips their clothes and covers themselves in ashes. Don't, no, nobody does any of that? Like, like nobody, like that's it? Like, like does his tombstone just say he lied? I mean, that's it? That's all, that's all we get? That's all of it? That's it? So, so then you keep reading the story, and she comes in three hours later. What you mean three, three hours later? Je okay, Jeff Lynch is gone. Three, okay, I walk into a room. I don't know where my husband is. Somebody going to tell me three hours before my husband dies. There's no emotion in this story whatsoever. She don't come in, bust through the door, talking about some, where's my husband? She... What you mean? She walks in. They question her. She says, yep, that's it. They say, well, your husband died and you are too. What? No, no. If there was any relationship at all, it would have said, Peter would have said, Ananias, my brother, brethren, we have eaten together. We, why do they always have that, that, that voice? We have broken bread together. We have prayed together. We have worshiped together. How is it that you have let Satan fill your heart? That's not what he said. He called his name. He told him what he did. You're dead. You died. You're buried. You're gone. No relationship at all. Three hours later, his wife comes in. 
Is that what happened? Yep, you did. I guess her tombstone said she died too. She lied. I don't understand. I don't get it. How is it that all of this wonderful stuff is going on, people are all in unity, and this couple does what they do, and no one cries. No one rips their clothes. No one mourns for 30 days. No one stops preaching. They just drag them off and bury them, and that's it. He doesn't even stop preaching. How is that possible? It seems to me that they were isolated. They must have been isolated. They had to have been. If they had been part of that movement, someone would have said something. They wanted what Barnabas had without the commitment, without the heart. They wanted what he had without putting the work in. I had to do a gut check. Is that how I'm living my life? What about you? Is that how you're living your life? Let's, let's talk about some things. <laughs> Monday nights. Are you part of the Monday nights where we're digging, where we're throwing our guts up, where we're trying to really figure out where all this stuff is coming from? Where is it that we went astray from Jesus? How can we get back? Thursday nights. You guys are doing some phenomenal work. Like there's truly a revival going on. Mission trips where you're caring about somebody other than yourself. You're selling things. You're, you're trying to get the other person there. You're volunteering on, mission, on ministry teams. You never thought about working in the kids area, rusty, coming out sweating. What the world? Now you're thinking about somebody other than yourself. You're volunteering at the Hope Center. You are digging into guys that are just giving their whole time, saying, I will take a year out to find out what it is that God has for me. I need to clear out this issue that I have. You are with like-minded people. You are inspired by their stories. You are sharing life with people. There's accountability there. That's Acts 4 going on right there, guys. Then you're going to go from that to Acts 5? How is it possible? Where do we take the left turn? When do we decide, I like this, this is good, now I'm going to do it on my own? You can't. That's the point. It's easy to judge, isn't it? But here's what I know about us. We don't really make a commitment to come to church every Sunday. I mean, if something else isn't going on, we'll go. <laughs> we sure don't come if there's something going on during the week, do we? Let Jeff say, meet me back here at 5 o'clock, and he'll say, I bet five or six people come. Guess what? Five or six people come. Although I will say, this last time, this last time, was much better. Again, we're in a season of revival. We don't take our kids to kids' world. We don't take them to youth, because God forbid, then they'll call us and they'll want us to serve. They'll want us to do something. For goodness sakes, do not fill out that orange card in the back of the pew, because Jackie will call you. Lord, we'll have to go to that guest lunch. Nobody wants to go to that. Listen, if you don't want to be a part of something, join the PTA at your kid's school. 
get on some online chat where nobody knows you. But the church, the church is different. The church, we kind of dig in together. We celebrate together. We share victories together. We dig in the trenches together. I'm praying for you and you're praying for me. My whole trip to the beach, my phone is blowing up because people are getting a meal train together for a beautiful lady going through cancer. That's the way it's supposed to be. People are praying. You pray. You pray for this one. You pray for that one. We pray our guts out for each other. Tonight, Melvin and Christy's daughter is going to throw her guts up about a victory over drugs, all because of Jesus, and I just wonder if you'll take the time to be here. But the best thing about that is she is so healed and anointed, and she'll never get over what's been done in her life that she's not coming by herself. She's bringing the very people that helped heal her. And I wonder if this church will show up for that too. I wonder if you'll be able to put that in your schedule. You need that in your life, and so do I. And if you're not, you're just existing. When is it that you're going to live, when you're going to be a part of this revival that's going on? Number three, you better catch this revival. You better hold on. Going back to the Twilight movie, why did I love that so much? Those young vampires. Those young vampires. Don't you understand? That's what's going on in this church. It's the new believers, y'all. The new believers. The guys from the Hope Center. These people from Monday nights that are getting all the crap out of their life. And they're like, that's what it is. It's Jesus. Can I have some more, please? It's the new believers that can't wait. These young vampires, they had to hold them back. When it was time to go feed, we had to hold them back. Hold them back. Oh, they can't go yet. Got to hold them back. Hold them back. You know, you can't. It's not Sunday yet. You can't go to church yet. Hold them back. We don't have a Wednesday night service. Why not? Let's do it. Hold them back. What you mean the well's not this Sunday? Hold them back. What you mean I get vacation Bible school? Hold them back. Come on now. Hold them back. It's us mature Christians that have gotten over what Jesus has done in our lives that we're like, it's okay. It's not till next Sunday. I don't know what they're so excited for. Vacation Bible school, we don't do that here. Why are we collecting soap anyway? Those people should go to God's storehouse if they want the food. You know. And I prayed on that beach this week, God, make me a new believer. Never let me be a mature believer. And what I mean is that in that is, come on, God, give me everything you got for me. Mature me in my beliefs. Absolutely. But don't ever let me get comfortable in my pew. Let me catch on to the ones that say, Jackie, can I serve this week? Where's my pop sign? Can I help back in the back with Mike? Can I do the vacation Bible school? Can I please help in the kids area? Please, can I do this? Is there anything else I can do? Why can't I serve back there? Is there anything else? Can we start this ministry? I want to be with them. God, help us when we do not get in with them. God, help us when we sit in our pew and say, do we have to come back tonight at six? Do we have to come back during the week? Why is he always saying, do we have to come back and pray over that? 
Never, ever, ever be that mature believer that sits in that pew when everything is just okay. New believers are contagious. New believers will kick your butt right out of that pew and they will bring you back to the basics. They will help you get over yourself real quick. They will make serving real attractive. I don't know if you've seen our sidewalk. <laughs> New believers will sell a house, Kendall and Travis, and they can't wait to bring you the check. I heard what you said. I fact-checked you in my Bible, and it's true. I fact-checked you in my Bible. Fact-check me. That means you're reading your word. And Jeff, I can't wait to bring you this check. Like God is wearing me out. Jesus is wearing me out. Jeff, I can't wait till Sunday. I can't wait till Sunday to bring you this check. We sold our house and we are giving you what we need to give you because Jesus said so. And that ought to be enough because Jesus said so. I believe the story is in this Bible to remind us the church of how we should be as believers. I believe that this is Compassion Danville. I believe we are in a season of revival. I believe you better catch on. However, church, I believe with everything in me that this story is in the Bible to teach us something else. And you better get it. God is serious about his church. God is serious about his sacrifice of his son on the cross. And he's serious about how you handle it. The Bible clearly says, Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is... You can wear it on a shirt all day long. But this story clearly tells you that he's capable of it. God had every right to take them out. That revival was going on, and I believe God removed the cancer. Had he let that fester, had he let that go on, what would have happened? The same thing that happens in American Christianity today. The scripture says that great fear gripped the church and everyone that heard about it was terrified. Is there really fear of the Lord anymore? I mean, really, is there fear of the Lord? <laughs> what we practice is what we get good at, right? Are we as a church practicing holy habits like reading the Bible, moving ourselves out of the way so that he can do what he does in our lives? Or are we still practicing sin? Are you practicing getting in the word, praying? Are you serving? Are we humble? Is it really not about us, guys? Are we restraining from the things that are clearly not about him? Are you the example in your homes? 
in your schools, to your family, for the love of God on social media. Are you an example of him? Or, let's be honest, do we come to church when we can? Do we practice living like hell during the week and make an appearance at church? We're really good at sex outside of marriage and drugs and alcohol and gossip and slander and backstabbing because we practice those all week long. Haven't read a word, don't have a clue what's in our Bible. We don't pray unless it's, oh God, get me out of this. Oh, oh God, get them for what they're doing to me. If you say that to God, you don't know him at all. Jeff preaches his ever-loving guts out every Sunday, and the altar is full every Sunday. But what we're looking for is a heart change. What we're looking for is a life change. The pet baby rattlesnake that I'm talking about this week is flat out lying. We lie to ourselves. Notice I said we. We lie to ourselves. We lie to everybody around us. And we think we are so good that we're lying to God. But guess what? You can't. Today, can we just put the snake down? Can you stop petting this rattlesnake of lying? It's the real deal, y'all. That snake came to kill and steal and flat out destroy you. Today, we need to stop lying. Time is running out. He's going to take away those opportunities. He's going to take away those divine encounters. He's going to take away your family. And quite frankly, you are becoming a stumbling block to other people. When Talon was up here, the Lord was screaming at me. Y'all are cheering and yelling and screaming. And Kaidra is dependent on you to be true to your word. Now, which one of us is going to go back there and hand him a snake? Which one of us is going to disappoint him? Which one of us is going to lie to that kid and not be who we say we are? The title believer is huge. If you say you're a believer, then live it. Don't just have the fish on the car. Don't have the scripture as your screensaver. And don't put that snarky little thing on your social media saying, praying for my enemies as they do so wrong to me, when clearly, clearly, we all know what's going on. The devil will use you to lie to other people. Do not be an instrument of his. Are you living for God? 
Are you allowing him to use you? Or are you living for the devil and allowing him to use you? You are either in all the way with our Lord and Savior Jesus, or you're not. There is no gray area. Your lies don't just hurt you. They hurt everybody else. And I wonder if just today you understand that other people are watching you. You understand that your life is not just about you. You understand that you're not lying to anybody and you're sure not lying to the one that created you. Could it be today? Could it be today that you'll put the snake down? Have you had enough? And could you get back to what you used to be? Could you get back to the one that you used to be? Stand to your feet. It's okay to be where you are. It is okay to be where you are. Life has dealt you some blows and it is okay to be where you are. You have not gotten it always all right and that's okay to be where you are. But it is not okay to come in here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and sing the words and go through the motions and head out of here with your You Belong t-shirt on and live like hell. It is not okay. If you care about what Jesus did for you on the cross, if you, honest to God, care about what Jeff preaches about Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, if you want to take up that title of believer that's so important, then do it. All in. All in. Cards all in. But you can't get that unless you go all in. You can't ride on somebody else's coattails. You cannot be a poser anymore. It's all in or it's not. The snake bites. It bites. And when it bites, it's going to get you. step of the way and you're not going to leave them you haven't left them before and you're not going to leave them now but you know that there's a decision that has to be made today are they going to walk out of here with their pet baby rattlesnake and keep posing for the world or are they going to bring it up here and put it down and walk out of here with you naked and bare and saying to you I'm here all in, all done. Whatever it is, wherever they are, you can work with whatever they are right here, right now. You're not ashamed of them. They haven't done too much, but they need to go back to the basics. They are not that important. They're not that busy. They haven't done too much. 
they are your child. And just like any good parent, we can deal with anything with our children if they'll just tell the truth. If they'll just crawl up in our laps and say, here's where I am. This is the point where I am. And God, more than anything, more than anything, I want to be your child again. I want to take off all the masks. I want to take off all the lies. What I say, I believe. I want to be a believer again. And if the world doesn't accept me, too bad. And if whoever I'm involved with, if I have to put that mask on for them to believe me, then they have to go. Ground zero starts today. I am a believer in what you did for me on the cross. I am a believer in the promises of the Bible that say, you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. You created me for a time such as this. And I am who you say I am, not this made up version of what I've made myself be. I am a child of God. And I'm gonna ride this revival. And it starts today. The snake goes away today. The devil flees from me today because I'm calling on the name of Jesus. And the Bible clearly says, when I call on the name of Jesus, the devil has to go. And if all that's left is a crumpled up pile of me, then God, you are the potter and I am the clay. Let's go. this body of believers what you will have it's your will I believe in the revival of this church God I believe in the power of your word God I believe that you have spoken clearly to your children in this building God and I believe that the snakes will be gone today I believe that after today social media will be cleaned up I believe God that after today people will be locked to arms but I believe God that the words that come out of their mouths will be I have sinned and I'm repenting and I choose never more to pick up that snake again I choose to follow God and I believe that we as a band of believers will believe that that is true. No more will there be lies in this house of the Lord. Thank you, God, for being here today. Thank you, God, for coming here today. Thank you, God, for sitting down with us today. Thank you, God, for still believing in us. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. Thank you, Lord, for not letting us be comfortable. Thank you for new believers that bring us back to the basics. And thank you for guys like Tyler that say, it's all about you. In the morning, several times during the day, and right before my head hits the pillow, God, I understand that it's all about you. And nobody else and nothing else will ever satisfy me like you will. of Jesus, all the believers said, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com.